Hi, this is Steve Thompson, and today we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. But before we jump right into the passage, I wanted to say two things. The first is that we're going to run into something pretty quickly here in this passage called the Feast of Pentecost, which was the Greek term for the Jewish grain harvest festival that they called, the Jews called, the Feast of Weeks. So the Greek name Pentecost simply indicates that this takes place 50 days after the Passover, which, if you recall, was the week-long festival in which Jesus and his followers participated leading up to his death. So Passover was 50 days earlier. In Hebrew, it got the name Feast of Weeks because they counted off that time period by seven weeks. Uh, So they followed the weeks. The Greeks followed more of a day counting. Either way, this whole time period was a kind of looking forward, an anticipation, uh, a lot like our Advent, the what we do leading up to Jesus' birth, they did leading up to, from Passover, leading up to the Feast of Weeks. And what they were looking forward to was commemorating the anniversary of the giving of the law on Mount Sinai through Moses. And this would have been a defining moment for them. This is where they truly became the people of God. That said, my note here is that this festival was one of five in which all Jewish heads of household were expected to make the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate. So, once again, you have Jews coming from huge distances and scattered all over the region to be in Jerusalem. So, that's just a bit of background that might help us process what's about to take place. And I wanted you to know that. But my second note springs out of what Steve shared yesterday. And that's that God speaks through Scripture. So I just want us to pause right now before we read the passage. And I'd encourage you to do this anytime you open God's Word. But ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So right now we're going to pause and ask and ask him what he wants to reveal to us uh, today through this passage. So, Father, as we read your word, speak to each of us. We want to learn from what you did back in the first century, but we also want you to speak directly to us here now and apply it to our hearts here in the 21st century. Acts 2, 1 through 13. On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. 
Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, even visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, Ah, they're just drunk, that's all. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. They're just drunk. That's a pretty interesting statement, because whatever was going on didn't fit into people's experience categories of anything they had experienced or seen before. We all try to fit things that we knew things into experiences that we've already had. But this was new and different and they didn't know how to categorize it. Except, well, it's been a week long party. Maybe they're just drunk. Um, but we soon find out that's totally not the case. So when people slowed down to listen, they began to hear the good news that the Messiah had come and was doing something new and special. And these Jews were from all over the places I mentioned. I mean, I threw out the names of these places, which maybe didn't mean anything to you geographically. But what we're, what we're talking about is not just right there in, in, in Israel and Judea, but all the way north uh, into Syria, go into Greece, go into even Europe. And then if you go to the east, people were coming uh, from the, the Medo persian area and um, Arabia, and then even down south from all over North Africa. So the whole world, the whole known world seemed to be converging into this place at this time. And this is something to keep in mind going forward when you learn about how these first believers lived life together in Jerusalem there. And then on top of that, this is going to take on significance in the where and the how the good news of Jesus began to spread like wildfire across the ancient world. The Holy Spirit chose a really strategic time and place to show up in a powerful way. So that's just something to keep in the back of your mind. But it brings me back to the point that I felt challenged by in this passage. God showed up in a very special and powerful way. And the people who had stayed and waited for this promised gift that Jesus had told them to wait for experienced something life-altering. We know through Paul's writings that those who profess following Jesus have been filled and sealed with the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. But there are moments when the Holy Spirit comes on believers in powerful ways, either as a revelation of God that lifts us into worship and or empowering us to do something that we otherwise could not do in order to help someone else come closer to Jesus. So here's the question that came to my mind. Steve are you open to the Holy Spirit doing something in your life 
that would move you out of your comfort zone? Are you open to the Holy Spirit doing something miraculous in your life? And so I want to ask you the same questions that I was feeling. And and he, hear me when I'm saying I'm not talking about seeking the sensational and the supernatural and making those things the focus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply wondering if our hearts are surrendered fully to him, where we could say, come Holy Spirit, and he would feel he has complete license to do what he's wanting to do in your heart and in my heart, in and through us. So I'm going to wrap up in prayer right now, but as you pray with me, will you also join me in pondering and soul-searching for a while on some of these questions? Father God, is my heart fully surrendered to you and open to fully receive your Holy Spirit? Is there anything that I'm holding back? Or is there anything that's getting in the way? Holy Spirit, we want you to have complete access to all of us. So come, Holy Spirit. Amen.